Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of Subject to Change is here. And I know you missed us last week, but it was election week, a lot of things going on. And I'm talking really loud, so my roommate, Sean, is probably gonna get woken up by this. And Tom is back, and we got a great week. Hope you guys are doing good. Tom, how's it going, baby? I'm doing well, man. No COVID in my life. All good things. No COVID in your life? Why do you say that? Well, I went to a wedding this past weekend, and I'm pretty positive oh. I came back no COVID. So I am thinking that I'm invincible, basically. That's a hell of a play on words right there. You're pretty positive that you don't have COVID. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Have you ever seen, oh my gosh, what is the movie? Uh, the Dictator? You ever watched The Dictator? Probably not, because you don't watch movies. Jesus. Absolutely not. Friends, <laughs> please. Please tell me you've watched The Dictator. Yeah, I've seen The Dictator. That's uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen, right. Hilarious scene. He doesn't even know who Sasha Baron Cohen is and Borat, but whatever. But when you just said that, that I'm positive that I don't have COVID, that I'm, I'm positive that I'm negative for COVID, it just reminded me of the scene in uh, The Dictator where <laughs> he's a dictator in this foreign country if you've never watched, and it's his made-up country, and he like names it after himself, all this stuff. And he changes words because he's a dictator and he can do that. And he changed both positive and negative to the same word to his name. All right. Um, so then there was a scene like they're in the they're in the doctor's office and they're like, you are whatever for whatever. Anyways, go watch the damn movie, Tom. God, I'm pissed that I can't remember <laughs> the word. What is his name? I'll you promote him. a lot of random movies he's on like, the pod. I'm great. positive. I'm positive you have you are negative to HIV virus. I got it. He's like, dictator, the dictator's name is Aladdin in the movie. And he changes all the words to just Aladdin. Positive and negative are both changed to Aladdin. So you just have to go based on like facial expression. Anyways, as you can see, folks, we're going to be way off track today. Uh, Let's get into NBA draft being a week away. And nobody seems to be talking about it. And I'm like tad bit confused. I know there's a lot of other stuff going on in the world, but what does that mean about this draft class if we're not even – we're a week away, and I have no idea who's going one, two, three. You think LaMelo should be picked one through ten um, and just kind of have like a joint custody thing? What does this mean for this draft class? People are pretty down on the draft class. They're saying that it's not great. I couldn't believe it was only a week away. Like even I was surprised. I like just – I don't know. I thought it was further out, but – no one knows who the number one pick is going to be. If you look at like all the draft experts, they all say Lamelo should go number one. But then if you listen to all like the analysts who like talk to GMs, they're like Lamelo might go seven or eight to like the Pistons or Knicks. Yeah. So it, it makes no sense. Um, you know, I, I think the hard part is they've had like eighteen months to figure this out. Like it's like the longest draft process ever. You have guys that like would be sleepers, and like there's no way to be a sleeper because like everyone's seen and talked about every single guy a lot. Um, Overall, though, like, it's definitely not – it's definitely not the most – it's not the strongest draft at the top. But I think there's a lot of guys as you get into the later rounds. I mean, like, some of our favorite guys, like Cassius Stanley, Vernon Carrier, guys that aren't even getting talked about, but we, like, know could be, like, very solid NBA players. Do you, do you think this is a good draft? And uh, put your GM hat on. Who are, you, who are you trying to get if it's not, like, one of those top few guys? Who am I – like, so, like, a non – kind of like a sleeper in this draft? Yeah, you're picking like 14, so like you could really pick whoever you want. I mean, if you want to trade up and get one of your guys in the top 10, that's that's fine. But here's here's what all teams need to do, and we are going to be a very pro this guy podcast.
for the next couple weeks here. Um, how do you say Denny's last name? Don't let me mess up. Avija. Avija? Thanks, so. Avdia. Okay. <laughs> what? It's Denny Avdia. Avdia. Okay, we are a very pro draft Denny Avdia, however you want to say his last name. Avdia. Podcast. What? Avdia. Avdia. Denny Avdia. Okay, we're going to have to figure out a, a way to get everybody over here in America to have a nice, easier way to say his last name, but we are pro draft Denny. I'm trading up and getting Denny. I think he's a Luca type guy, not just because he's not from America, but I just, I'm <laughs> excited. Exactly about Denny. I love Denny and uh, yeah, trade up, get him. That's, that's my only thing in this draft at this point. Uh, my boy, Ty, Tyrese Halberton, shout out to my Wisconsin guy. He's going to go top, Top 10 for sure, if not even top five. Excited about that. But, hey, we're pushing for Denny. DraftDenny.com. Wait, Ty Tyrese is from Wisconsin. So are you and Hero. Ty where, where did Tyler Hero get drafted? Oh, 13, 30, I believe. 13. 13. So Tyrese will go higher. Um, putting Wisconsin on the map. Is that the highest rate? Is that the highest drafted Wisconsin guy ever? Yeah, I think we had a couple guys. If I'm not mistaken, we had – we had two McDonald's All-Americans, um, which is crazy that neither of neither Ty Hero or Tyrese were McDonald's All-Americans, snubbed big time. Um, but we had, when we were coming up in high school, um, there was uh, Diamond Stone and Henry Ellenson, and they were both Wisconsin guys, and both were McDonald's. And I think they both went, like, second round, late second round. I think one of them might not have gotten drafted. Last I heard, um, Henry uh, was with the Pistons. Not sure where Diamond is, but uh, yeah, these Tyrese will be the highest draft pick um, if he goes above, you know, 13, which a lot of analysts think he's going to. So be interesting. Back-to-back -back years. Um, and uh, another guy, Joey Hauser, you got to watch out for. Kind of a name you're not hearing a lot. He transferred from Marquette, Wisconsin guy. Um, and Sam, his brother, is at Virginia. They both transferred. And Joey went to Michigan State. Sam went to Virginia. And uh, both eligible for, you know, to be a draft pick next year, too. So it might be back-to-back-to-back -back -back years um, and should be interesting. I'm excited for Tyrese and everybody. Right, I, want, I want to talk a lot about Wisconsin basketball in a little bit because I do have a question for you. So think about this while we're talking about other stuff. Who is your Wisconsin top five and what states are you guys beating? We can talk about that as you think about it. Top five all time. Well, let's just say you, Tyler, and Tyrese have to be on it. So you can pick two other guys. All right, that's fair. Um, right. Denny is someone who, when I first saw him, we, like, filmed him a couple of times. We did some stuff with him. Our guys flew out and met him, right, Spencer? Yeah, they went to Israel last summer. Uh, and they came back, and they were like, he is a stud. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Like, I get – my whole thing with international players is like, I want to see them dominate overseas. Cause I think that like, that's what Luca did. Right. He was like the best player overseas. Right. Um, and he, he ended up having like a really good season this past season. So people are really high on him. Some people are saying they would take him over Wiseman if they were the Warriors. Um, I I'm I'm getting warm on him. I do think he's going to be really good. So people, people are saying he's one of the few guys that can come in and like start day one. So I like your pick on Denny. Um, where do you think he ends up? I, I literally I'm like everybody else at this point. I don't know where he's going to end up. Um, 
all I wanted to, to, to get at what you just said is America needs to take a, a page out of the European book and go to all um, like club program style. I think it'd be sweet to see that because it makes guys so much more, um, I don't know, ready for the NBA. And now some people are going to disagree and say college basketball is the way to do it. But the way I look at it, NCAA college basketball is like kind of a, like it's being phased out every year, just kind of with their rules, regulations and stuff like that. And we're moving towards like, we need a change um, for amateur basketball and should they be paid? Should they not be paid? Whatever the way they do it in club over in Europe and stuff like Denny and Luca and all these guys are playing professionally from the time that they're 16 up. You know what I mean? They're ready for professional basketball because they're playing against NBA ready or professional athletes from the time that they're 16. And if they're good enough, they don't, you know, have to follow this rank and order. They'll play for, you know, uh, Barcelona or whoever the best team that they can play for in their country is. I think that's, you know, what we should move to eventually. I would like to see it. And honestly, that's why I've been always been high on LaMelo. Like I actually didn't hate, like everyone hates that he went to Lithuania because he did not play well. It was like definitely not a great situation. LaVar was coaching some games. It was just like a media circus. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like he played professional basketball and like got to play Morning, against grown men. Hey, Sean. We need a West Virginia pod soon, like maybe before the season starts. Get the boys on, or at least a segment. Talk right, about the season. We can do that. We can do that. Um, but I actually like that Lamelo went overseas because he he didn't do the same processes like Denny and Luke and all these guys. Like at least he got a taste of that. And I think a lot of being in the NBA is adjusting to the lifestyle. You're like all of a sudden you're on your own in an apartment and like figuring stuff out and having to go to the gym on your own and train and do all these other things and eat well. So. I do think that take away the college part, like, like you said, Denny was like probably a pro at like 16 and like Luca was a pro. It feels like when he was like 12 um, right. and you get, you start to get really acclimated with it. So I agree. I, I do think that that could happen for you. And like for the U S players, I, I also would be worried though. Right. Cause like, I think guys come into college kind of image. Like, why do you think the guys overseas like are so ready to play professional basketball at such a young age where like guys here, like, AAU and different different culture that's what it all comes down to I mean you go over to any European country and like fundamentals and you know quote-unquote playing the game the right way is pushed they're more like traditionalists and how they they play the game um and it's not AAU it's not about you know a media circus kind of like how America is turning into you know basketball and media combining um, and it's not a bad thing. It's getting a lot of kids opportunities and that's great. But in Europe, it's less of that. There's just not as much, you know, attention on them, at least at a young age, it allows them to really hone in on their like fundamental skills of the game of basketball. That's why you see Luca, like he's one of the most like crisp players. And when I say that, if you've ever watched him, you understand that from all his movement, there's no wasted motion. He's not the most athletic guy in the world, but that's the thing in Europe they take guys who maybe aren't the most athletic and they turn them into NBA prototype players because they just don't mess up. They don't make mistakes. And they're, they're super fundamental with how they do it. And uh, with AAU, it's, it's tough. It's tough over here because there's so many different things going on outside of just playing basketball the right way. You got stepdads, you know, who are coaching 
you got stepdads who are coming on the floor midtime, like halftime of games and like teaching people. I saw a video. Um, I think it was uh, Drewski who posted it. Hilarious. And talking about a stepdad, like he did a TikTok or whatever. Yeah, and overtime like, posted that actually. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Shout out to overtime. But anyways, Drewski was like, stepdad's teaching at halftime how to play the game of basketball and he's just telling something like lower his shoulder and the kids and like going through and it's hilarious because every it's so spot on every aau team has multiple parents trying to coach they have you know overtime is videotaping so now all of a sudden the sixth and seventh you know man coming off the bench is like this is my time i knew this was going to happen you know i'm going to shoot 13 times in the next 14 possessions to make sure that I get on overtime. You know what I mean? Do something crazy. Refs are dancing. It's, it's crazy. It's a circus almost, you know what I mean? And it's not like that overseas. So I don't know. They have a little bit of an edge up on, on, you know, how the game's supposed to be played. Um, and it's just a different culture. That's all. Yeah. My dad was that guy coming out on the court and like coaching kids. And then like it's the same thing. Really? Oh yeah. Well, he, he did coach like my whole life. And then like when I got to the high school and stuff, he, he coached a different school. So like he was a coach, but yeah. like he was definitely on the court being like, yo, keep the elbow in to like different kids. And then like they would make a three and he'd be like, that was me. That was me. Like, <laughs> oh. yeah, they're like that dad who's like beef. You remember, you know, something balance, elbow, eyes, whatever the F stands, follow through. You know what I mean? And some kid hits a free throw and he's like, I just got that kid a scholarship and there's no coaches in the stands or anything <laughs> like hundred percent. I've had, I've, I've had uh, um, dads on my team. It's funny because it was a stepdad and they seem to be sometimes the most invested. He paced the whole court as we would, as we would go up and down, he'd start at half court for tip and he would just walk back and forth every possession, like just follow his kid and he would just mirror him. I'm like, Oh my God, like helicopter parent, relax. It's going to be okay. We're in six. Are you going to be getting, are you um, going to be coaching your kids or are you going to be like the quiet parent in the crowd? You have to coach. You have like a lot more basketball in you than everyone else. Who no, I, I would like to coach. I would like, I don't know. Right now you asked me that question and I say, no, I don't want to coach my kids. Um, at least not in like after a certain point. Cause that's how my dad was. He coached me when I was like second, third, fourth grade, you know, like, yeah. Um, and then, and then he let me, you know, play for other coaches who, you know, there was no implicit bias. There was no, um, uh, you know, favoritism or, you know, with my dad, like unnecessary unfavoritism. I don't know how to even say it, but where he was just an asshole, you know what yeah. I mean? To me, I had to play for coaches and learn how to um, play under not my father. So I don't, I don't think I would want to coach my kids in AAU, it gets too messy. It gets really messy. You need a non-parent coaching AAU for sure. That's the only time I've had a good experience ever. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, all right, I want to finish the draft stuff stuff up with one thing. Let's each give not not where they're getting drafted, but who our top five guys are. All right, I'm gonna start it off so I can give you some names. All right. Okay. No, number one, obviously, I have Lamelo. Six seven point guard. I think he has the most upside if he's in the right spot, which I'm really nervous about. He, I think, is next level. Wiseman is number two for me. I'm not like that obsessed with big men. Like I think it kind of is terrible, but I actually think he'll like develop a jump shot. I think he's the most athletic player in the draft. Uh, 
he's just really good. Like, there's no doubt in my mind he's, like, a 15-year NBA player. Third, Anthony Edwards. My thing with Anthony Edwards, I know that everyone – a lot of people think he's the best player in the draft. For me, I think he's insane and, like, could be that. But, like, the shooting's a little sketchy. And I don't know, I get weird, and I know you played, like – I get weird about the guys who went to schools that like aren't basketball schools and some of the stuff that like, he did, like not always playing against the best competition in some spots. I, I don't know. I, there's something about him that I'm a little nervous about. Number four, Denny. I think uh, he's really good and we'll see where he goes. It, it depends where he goes, obviously, but um, a lot of these guys, I think it just depends where they end up. Number five is like impossible to pick. It feels like, but you have guys like Killian Hayes, who, like some people are saying, is the best player in the draft. Cole Anthony, Tyrese, Isaac Okoro. But number five, I'm going to go with Obi Toppin. I think, like, he's a little bit older. He was the best player in college basketball last year, I think. Um, and I think that he'll come in, and no matter where he is, he'll at least be able to play and be, like, defense, athlete, be able to score a little bit. So that's my top five. Do you disagree with me at all? Well, Mello, Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, Denny, and then Obi. Um, I disagree with you a little bit. So I'm going to go um, just my – Mello's not in your top five. We can't be friends. <laughs> Relaxed. Calm down. Nobody's friendship is in, you know, the balance of this. I'm going to go Wiseman one, though. And I think Wiseman, you say – absurd that you just say, like, I'm not too high on big men. Uh, also another great play on words. But the fact that you're not high on big men – is like what Anthony Davis just won the the world championship with LeBron, yes, but without AD, are we talking about an LA Lakers championship? I don't know. That's fair. Not a LeBron hater, but I'm just saying. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna go. James Wiseman is is my number one. Then I'm gonna go Lamelo at two. He's extremely versatile. We've heard enough about it. And Let's then go. DraftDenny.com at number three. Draft Denny. I think. <laughs> I think he's a great pick for just about any team. And then I'm going to switch it up on you. I'm going to go Tyrese at four. I'm going to go Tyrese at four. He's versatile as hell. He's got probably – not probably. He's got the highest basketball IQ um, in the draft, I believe. Uh, and he's a Wisconsin guy, so I'm extremely biased, and that's my guy. So I'm going to go him at four. And then I'm going to stay with uh, – I'm going to stay with Obi Toppin at five. You didn't – have you seen Obi play? Like, were you at the same tournament as him or anything? No, they were in Maui. As soon as they played in Maui, um, and I watched them, who did they take to the wire? Um, it was a blue blood. God. It was a crazy – oh, no, it was Kansas. It was Kansas. That's right. Wow. It was crazy. Wait, wait you didn't put Anthony Edwards in your top five. Mm. That's fair. I get it. I mean, look, the, the top ten – It's hard to be a top five. Yeah, I mean, the top 10 could be completely mixed up any way you like it. And I threw Tyrese in there because I'm a little biased. Could you switch him out? Sure. So sue me, okay? But, yeah, that's my top five. And, yeah, I saw Obi when he played when he played against Kansas. Um, I was like, this might be one of the best players in the country. And he proved that throughout the entire year. Obi Toppin is a force. He's good. Yeah, we covered him when he was, like, 16 or 17. He, I don't think he couldn't dunk yet. And then he, cause he's like, he's a New York kid. So he's like one of the first people we like watched and he couldn't even dunk yet. Then he went private, then he went prep and he, he bounced around a little bit and became a freaking man. Um, yeah. And Edwards, did you ever play him on the Armour circuit? 
No, I never played against Anthony. I haven't, I haven't even got to watch him that much. I mean, he played in the SEC. Um, like you said, he went to Georgia. So, um, I don't know. They just don't get as much coverage. You saw some crazy highlights from him and stuff. I just didn't get to watch him enough. I know he's a great player. I know he's a lottery pick. I just don't know where he's going to fall. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think the whole thing with this draft is, like, you're probably better off falling. Like, the way that – like, I think Tyler Hero set the blueprint for what a lot of guys in this draft will end up being. Like, there's so many of our guys who, like, we covered and we care about who, like, are going to be good NBA players. We talked about Nico. Like, Nico's going to be a good NBA player. Um, I think his teammate Josh Green's going to be a good NBA player. Vernon Carey – Vernon Carey lost 30 pounds since the, the end of the Duke season. How is that possible? I don't know that. It, yeah, because they put they put on weight. They put they try to throw weight on you in college. That's the big thing. And then the NBA, it's all about longevity. I, he might be a like I don't know where he's gonna go. He might be a monster. Very 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 like possible that he is a like long time NBA and could be a star in the league. I, this I has been happening lately. So Vernon Carey was ranked second in his like class out of high school, and now yeah. he's like I don't know. He's like a top twenty five pick. And I think the same thing's happening to Evan Mobley in next year's draft. Evan Mobley is like the number one universal ranked player in the country. And now like no one talks about him in next year's draft, but I, I did want to ask you a question and, and we talked about our guys, but RJ Hampton's going to be really good. I think he's going gonna to take him some time to develop the jumper. Cassius. I saw Cassius recently. He is huge. Like he looks like an NBA player. So I'm excited for all of our guys. Yeah. I heard he grew like, did he grow or something? Like he's now taller. When true? I saw him, I've met him twice now. He just looked like a different human. And like, it didn't, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, Spencer spent a lot more time with him than I have. Like when I met him, I was just like, you're just like a grown up. Like it's insane. He, he actually broke, I think he broke the record for the highest vert in the combine the other day, like beat Zion, beat all these guys. Like he's going to be good. I don't, I don't know why no one talks about him. They're, they're saying he's a second rounder. I, I, I don't know. I think he's a solid player regardless. I, I heard that he grew like three inches. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that and uh, probably go pray here after this and hope, you know, I, I still have a chance for that. Did you just lose me for a sec? Sorry. Um, I have one more question on the draft, but it's more so like basketball in general. I feel like we see a lot of guys go from high school to college, college to the NBA, and, like, something changes. Like, I think about guys like Lonzo, who all of a sudden he can't shoot. Like, I saw him make a million threes at UCLA. Like, he was great. Like, there's a lot of other guys. Like, what changes – and pe people say that it's just people get taller, and, and maybe that's what your reasoning is. But, like, even for yourself, like, going to the next level and, like, not being able to be the exact same player you are in high school. Like, what, what changes when guys go to a different level – that they're not able to do the same things that they were able to do. Like obviously players get bigger and better and it's tougher, but like, I don't know, for me, I, I have my own thoughts on it, but I'm curious how I, you think about that stuff. Yeah. So when I, when I was transitioning out of high school mm -hmm. into college, the first person that I hit up and it was the first time I ever tried to reach out to him was Steve Nash. Um, and we had never talked uh, other than when I was like 11 and looked like a little alien and was doing a halftime show in Phoenix. I got to meet him pretty cool. Uh, but when I was transitioning out of high school, I messaged him on Instagram and he hit me back like the same day, which is like really cool. Cause a lot of NBA guys or just anybody at that level, I'm thinking I'll never get a response. Not only did he respond, he responded like a book. Cause I asked him what's like the biggest change and biggest challenge. And he said some like really cool things to me that stuck with me to this day. 
Um, first, like basketball wise, I said, what, did, what changes? And he said, your windows just get smaller. And that's where bigger, stronger, faster, longer, more athletic guys, um, your windows get smaller. Your reads have to be a half second quicker. Otherwise, it's a assist to a turnover really fast. So that could be a big reason for, you know, shooting percentages, other stuff like that. Um, I think play style. Um, I think uh, the system you choose to play in oftentimes can can affect, you know, numbers like that and you have to adjust. Um, but going back to what Steve Nash told me, windows get smaller. And then he said, look, you're going to go through the highs and lows. And this to, to get a little bit real with you, he said, enjoy, enjoy the highs and lows. And he, he said that, and I had to think about it as a, you know, 18, 19 year old kid, what does he really mean by enjoy the highs and lows? Everybody is good when things are going good. Right. He said, that's not always going to happen. There's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. And that conversation that I had with him, he said, that is where the separator happens. And I'll never forget that. He said, when you have the bad days and you're going through the lows, if you can learn to enjoy them for what they are, which is just learning opportunities and not be like, you're going to watch teammates who go through the lows and stay there or, you know, lose passion and emotion for the game. He said, that's how you fizzle. He said, you're going to go through adversity. It's like this um, weeding out process of basketball and life. He said, everybody goes through it. It's just how you react to it. And that stuck with me forever. So shout out to my guy, Steve Nash. I can't wait to watch him, you know, kill it in Brooklyn. And uh, I don't, I don't think he realizes how much that short like conversation meant to me. So. That, that's amazing. And I, I think that that all makes a lot of sense. Obviously it's you are, you've lived it and you see that happen. And, and Steve Nash is saying it too. For me, it's like when I look at players and stuff, I, I'm starting to think that like confidence is like the most important thing in everything. Like, 100%. And, and I never thought it happened to me recently. Like for me personally in work, even I go into some meetings and it's people who I manage or people who I'm like used to working with. I'm the most confident person there. I can talk and be super creative and be super smart. But on the flip side, like I go into a meeting with other people who are like the same level as me or higher up or whatever. And it's, it's harder. Like you're not as confident to like pitch your ideas and, and come up with different things. And, and I started to realize that with myself. And then I've realized it on the basketball court too. Like I, I mentioned Lonzo, but I think about Lamelo and all these guys, it's like, when they go into the league, and I do think that's why the international guys do really well, is like, they're like, we've been here. Like, we've done this. We're used to it. And you talked about it. Like, they've gone through those highs and lows where a lot of the guys from the U.S. who go into the NBA draft and go into college, they've always been the man. And they've always had the ball in their hands 24-7. And, like, they're, the, they're always the guy. And then you go to the league, and it's like, hey, you have to figure out your role. And Alex Crusoe said it really well on J.J. Reddick's pod the other day. He was like, guys – in the G league don't understand, like you need to find out what you're really good at and like stick to that. Cause you're not getting put on the NBA roster to be LeBron. Like, you're getting put on that roster to be Alex Crusoe, like a defensive stopper with a lot of energy. And I, I think that confidence is the biggest thing for me when I look at, like, I think you'll be able to see it really quickly in this year's draft and in college basketball too. It's like, how can you just stay confident and keep being like, I am really good. I belong here. And you see it every year, like a couple guys fall off. So I'm interested to see what guys can do that uh, in this upcoming draft. Um, it'll be cool. Yeah. Caruso should be an example to all of us. You know, he's balding and he, he has so much confidence and is so confident in what he does on the floor that he had Rihanna eye him up. I mean, I'm just saying like, that's something we can all take from. 
you, you don't get there. You know what I mean? Rihanna's not going to look your way if you're not like literally beaming confidence. And that dude does because he doesn't even have hair and he's got a ring and a whole lot of other things a lot of people don't have. I love Alex Caruso. Big Alex Caruso. Right. He's the man. I, I'm not the guy that posts him all the time. That's a different company, but he's really good. But in saying that, we do play his alma mater game one in South Dakota. So he did go to AM, right? Texas AM? I have no idea where he went to college. He did he went to at Texas AM. Wait, you're college. playing South Dakota your first game? Is that like the only place they're allowing basketball? I, I, I don't know. It was supposed to be in the Bahamas. I was super excited. And then COVID, COVID said, oh, I, listen, listen to this. So last year I was supposed to play in Puerto Rico and a like hurricane hit or some kind of natural disaster. And God said, listen, Jordan, you're going to go play in Myrtle Beach in November. It was like 45 degrees and rainy. And I was pissed off. But I'm like, hey, it's OK. Let me just get through this because I have the Bahamas coming up next year. You know, and we're playing in the Atlantis tournament. Super excited. And then COVID said, oh, you thought you were going to, to the Bahamas. Suck it. You're going to South Dakota. Wait, wait, wait. It was supposed to be in the Bahamas. And then they're like, no, we're going to move it to Vegas. Keep it in the States. I'm like, okay, you know, I can do Vegas. Love Vegas. And then they were like, oh, wait. We can't really shut down, you know, a big enough venue for, you know, just a bubble in Vegas. There's too much other stuff going on. Let's let's go to South Dakota. That will be fun. You know what? I'm just waiting for them to come out a week before or two weeks before we go and be like, look, you're going to Ottawa, Canada. That's where we're going to put you. They just keep going further north. It's cold as shit. I don't even have a proper coat and I'm going to South Dakota net two weeks. But yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm, I was a little upset, as you can tell, but we're playing basketball and that's all that matters. And we are playing Alex Caruso's alma mater. See how that goes. Shout out to Alex Cruz. Shout out to you to South Dakota. I honestly, I feel bad. I'm sorry. But hey, you'll be locked in. You'll be focused. Speaking of guys with a lot of confidence, all right? Russ and CP3, Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul, they might get traded. Their names are popping up. The season's in like, the NBA season's in like three weeks. So like all this stuff has to happen first. Fast. They have to have drafts. They have to have free agency. And they have to do trades all in a very short amount of time. Um they both have really big contracts. They were traded for each other last year, uh, but now potentially they might get shipped again. If you're the Knicks, who would you rather get and why? If I'm the Knicks? Um, They're the team people are saying is going to get one of them. I really – Here's what I hope. I hope the Knicks get Russ, and I hope Russ does his mellow thing in New York and kind of revitalizes it. Maybe they don't win a lot, but – Russ is dropping, you know, we've seen him drop 40-plus a game, triple-doubles on average. I want CP3 to go to the Lakers somehow, some way. I don't know if it's possible, but if the Lakers want a chance and LeBron wants a chance at another ring this year with a loaded field, he needs CP3, I think. If they don't get CP3, they don't win the, they don't win the championship this year. Put the house on. CP3, LeBron, and AD. They got to give up probably Kuz couple other guys that would be an insane team yeah i i look and cp3 deserves a ring he's one of those guys in the league that you're just like how in the hell does this man not have a ring you know what i'm saying yeah it's very I, weird i would love to see him i would love to see him in la 
Yeah, he has he's owed forty million a year for the next two years, but it's only two years, so that's why a lot of teams might want him because like a lot the salary caps going up and things change, and it's actually good to take on a big contract if you're the Knicks at some point. But anyways, um, Russ in the Knicks sounds amazing. CP3 is probably better for them in the fact that like he could probably make them like the thunder of the East, right? Like yeah, no, he be he really good. Develop RJ Barrett like he's obviously not the same player as like Shy Gilchrist Alexander, but like. At least there's a young player that we've seen CP3 mold. Um, I don't know. I think they both end up staying put. Harden and Ru- – I mean, the Harden thing's tough because it's like he had CP3 and they were really good. I mean, he's another one. Like, how does he not have a ring? Um, him and Russ doesn't feel perfect. But they have a new coach now, and we'll also see what happens. Um, I don't know. I, I, hope, I hope you can't win. You can't win a championship playing small ball. Anthony Davis and the Lakers and how big they are. You just can't do it in the NBA. It just is what, what it about is. about the right? Warriors? What's that? What about the Warriors? That was before Anthony Davis was a dominant force in the league. Anthony Davis, to your point earlier, has shown people that, yeah, big men do matter, okay? They're, they're, they're huge in the league. God, I'm just using all sorts of stupid plays on words. But they're very important for teams in the NBA to have a big man and a versatile one like AD. That wins you championships. I think you guys are going yeah, over I, the fact that like LeBron needs a big man to win. LeBron needs somebody else. Like LeBron needs like a Chris Bosh or like a Kevin Love. Obviously not your traditional big, but he had who else did he have on that team? Tristan and uh, didn't he have Mozgov? Did Mozgov win with him? Oh, hot take from Spencer. Timothy Mozgov and, <laughs> and Chris Bosh. One LeBron, both his no, rings. LeBron, LeBron needs somebody to spread the nah, floor. He had Kevin Love. I get that. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I agree with that. Let's move on to college basketball, Tom. Yeah, that's it. You excited? Uh, well, during college basketball season, though, actually, do you guys watch the NBA or, like, you're so locked in you only watch college no, all, all the time. All the time. In college basketball, I swear to God, I spend 90% of my life on a plane and in a hotel room. And there's really only two things. Isn't it odd that when you're in a hotel room, that Impractical Jokers is always on the TV? Like, that's the only time I ever really watched that show, but it's always on. And that or, like, FX movies, like, that I never get to watch at home. I watch them in the hotel room all the time because I have nothing else to do. Or I'm watching the NBA, uh, depending on what what games are going to be happening. But I don't know if I'm going to be watching a lot of this early season stuff. Because if you just yeah, if you guys, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, NBA players don't play hard until the playoffs. Yeah, I can kind of see where they're coming from. They're going to be, those people, real pissed when they see these first couple of games because dudes are going to be straight open gym. It's going to be the most relaxed, yeah. laid back thing. I mean, guys are coming off of, you know, two months of rest. Uh, Tyler's still in Turks and Caicos. I think somebody <laughs> should tell him that uh, the NBA season starting like in two weeks. And um, no, he's not. He's back in Miami and he's working. But seriously, he had no the, time, no time. The, that's true. But the cool part about the NBA, and this is funny, I don't know if it's always been like this, is like the first half of the year, like there will still be really interesting things, but like it won't matter at all, right? Like we're all going to be locked into Zion. We're all going to want to see how Lamelo does. You're going to want to see how the Warriors are doing. Trey Young, like in Luka. But then like ultimately it's going to come down to like LeBron, Kawhi, and the Nets probably. <laughs> like, Right. Um, and, and like the Warriors. So like there's like going to be two parts of the season. The one where it's like the super entertaining young guys part. And then like the old man part where they're like, okay, all the little kids can stop playing now. So, so I'm excited for that. 
What, let's talk about college basketball, like you mentioned. I don't know if our listeners fully understand. We have Jordan here. He plays for West Virginia. West Virginia is a top, one of the best teams in the country this year. Um, I think you guys came in at 15, right? Yeah, in the AP. Which, first of all, Gonzaga number one, I did not see that coming. Shout out to Jalen Suggs, who I understand they have a million other guys. But is this – yeah, Texas is Spencer School there, 18. Uh, is it okay if I'm on the West – I'm just like – I'm a West Virginia fan now. Is that cool with you? I mean, I, I would fully expect you to be. I mean, if you're listening – Yeah, I'm like, like all in. You, you understand, though. I'm like the best fan. Like, I will die for your team. I don't want you to do that, okay? But, <laughs> but I appreciate it. And listen – whoever's listening out there, whether you're in like second period in high school or you're in between zoom classes in college, or you're driving to work. If you're listening to this podcast, I need you. Okay. Because you are one of the diehards for this podcast. Cause these are the OGs that I'm talking to this season, no matter who you root for in college basketball, if they're playing the Mountaineers, you are a Mountaineer fan. That's all I ask. Okay. I don't 100%. need anything else. And I appreciate the support, but yeah, Tom, you are a WVU fan for sure. Do you guys do you guys look at the rankings when they come out? Like you, oh, you yeah. knew what you were. Oh yeah, yeah, we look at them for sure. What what teams in your conference are like ranked ahead of you? I guess. Um, I believe <clears throat> so. Our conference standings are um, Baylor. Baylor's number one. Trash. <laughs> Careful. Um, <laughs> Baylor's number one. I believe Kansas is two, and then we're three. Uh, oh, yeah, Kansas. Shit. And then Texas is four, and Tech is five, or that could be flip-flopped. Whatever. Um, they have Tech above us in the AP rankings, which is interesting because they're below us in, in our conference ranking. But dude, the Big 12 is always going to have eight out of our, you know, ten, seven out of our ten teams are going to go, you know, to the tournament. So, There'll be a lot of different Big 12 teams ranked this year. You can you can put money on that too because it happens every single year. And, and remind me, you guys ended last year. I mean, you didn't get to finish a year, but you guys ended as a top 25 team. Yeah. Yeah. Just just in we we technically finished number 24 in the country. So going into the season, you got what two weeks until your first game. Is this the best team you feel like you've been around? And like, do you guys feel prepared without with like the COVID stuff and everything? Yeah, this is the most talented team I've ever been on. Um, there, with with Oscar and Derek, who are both on the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar watch list and the Carl Malone watch list, we have the best we have the best front court in the entire country. I don't even think it's a question, right? So we have the best big men. Um, we have arguably the best coach in the country at 800 plus whatever wins. He's in there that conversation every time. A Hall of Fame guy, and on top of that. We got guys who like Deuce McBride, who is like my backcourt mate, is an NBA guy. I knew he was an NBA guard when, and nobody's going to talk about it until he's in the NBA. So make sure that on this date, November 11th, 2020, you remember that Jordan said Deuce McBride is going to be in the NBA, whether he's a draft pick or not. And I think he will be a pick, possibly even this year, depending on how deep we go. And I know that's kind of a like wild take because not a lot of people are talking about it. But we have so many guys. Like, it's ridiculous. Who Every was time it, you go into practice. What's that, Spence? Who, who was it last year that McBride, like, just started going on a tear against? And he, like, started a hot streak and he had, like, a 30-point game or something? Maybe um, not 30. Maybe, like, 20. But just, well, I mean, he killed, he killed number four Baylor at home. Like, he, like, demoralized them. I mean, he's 
one of the better like offensive like scores I've ever played against. And I've had to guard Tyler. I've had to guard, you know, a lot of different people. Deuce is, he's super under the radar, but he's going to be big time. Um, Spence, I don't know. He averaged like, he averaged like low teens or something like that, but he had multiple games where he went off for 20 plus. Ohio State, Ohio State at Ohio State. I think that's what you're thinking of because that was a big time, like primetime TV game. I think he had like 22. That was kind of like his coming out party. And since it's been, you know, raps for him. He's an NBA player. I remember I came to you guys practice last year and I watched you guys play last year and like, it was all defense. Like I, I would say that you guys scored, but it wasn't, that wasn't, it didn't feel like the focus. Like now like having so many dudes who are good, like, do you feel like you guys are like different or it's still at the end of the day, Huggins is just a monster. No, I think, I think it's going to be, it's going to be weird for some West Virginia fans not seeing like we are a defensive oriented team and that's because of Huggins and that's a culture. But I think this is the most offensive weapons we've ever had here. And they, they've had some damn good teams. Deshaun Butler's team in 2010. You had JC and Dax um, before I got here. You had a lot of really, really talented teams. But I don't think across the board anybody's ever seen that. Like, Deuce is an unreal score, but he's not even our best score. We got two Juco wings and Sean and Taz. Unbelievable. Like, score the ball at will. They have a whole bag they can get into. It'll be interesting. I mean, we are we are legitimately twelve to thirteen deep. That's sick. Yeah, and and then in preparation, like how how much is COVID a discussion? Like, is hugs like after every practice, like, yo, you can mess up this season if you go out and do something stupid, or is it like at this point you guys are in the season, you're not worried about it, it's just like you're focused. Um, hugs being a traditional guy, he doesn't really, he's not too fond of what's happening right now with uh, college basketball and just what's going on around the world. He wants people to be safe. He wants, you know, us to take necessary precautions. But, I mean, teams are dropping out left and right of this South Dakota tournament. We've had to, like, scheduling issues have been a huge thing. Um, we almost – we've been preparing for Texas A&M for two weeks now, going on three, and they almost had to be switched because um, Ohio State and Dayton dropped out because of COVID. He's really irritated, but he's also saying, look, you better not be at clubs – I don't want to see you at a house party. None of this stuff. Otherwise, you know, I'm just going to, I don't know how to say it on the pod. That's child friendly, uh, but run your butt into the ground. Um, and he's, he's, uh, he, he's not too fond of what's going on, but he understands that it's just what we're going to have to live with and deal with at least for the time being. And is it kind of on you being one of the older guys and a leader and some of the other guys like check each other and be like, yo, like it's the season. I mean, we're grown, grown men in, in a certain, you know, breath. I'm not going to yeah. be telling, you know, our guys what they can and can't do. We all have a very, you know, understanding that, hey, if you want to, we want to do something and engage in activities off the court, we'll engage in them together as a team. And we're not going to be at bars or at clubs or at house parties. And that's just what, especially now coming up to the season. I mean, one of our guys gets COVID that could contact trace four of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's crazy. It's crazy. If, do you but know what happens? If one of you guys gets COVID, what happens? Like, are you uh, out for, like, can I saw one football conference? It's like they're out for three weeks. And the other one, it's like, oh, you could probably play the next game. I, I don't understand. I really don't understand at all what it is. Um, Big 12 has a rule. I'm not even sure. I'm not going to speak on it because I haven't read through it. But I think it's something. I think it's like a 14-day thing for us. Um, maybe 10. I <laughs> 
I don't know. All I know is there's some sort of vaccine coming out and I'm super, <laughs> super happy that that's happening. Maybe it's a return to normalcy. I don't know. Are you going to take it if it comes out the vaccine? I will hundred percent take a vaccine tomorrow. I'll be the test dummy. Like, I don't care. Are you serious? Well, like part of me doesn't like, I shouldn't be worried about that. Like, I'm not that worried about COVID because like I'm a healthy young guy, but like I have people around me that I really care about where I get it. I'm like really putting them in a compromised situation. So I just like, I'm someone that thinks about this stuff nonstop. Like I'm my mind is always going like, and I just, I don't want to, have to think like, there's another thing that I'm thinking about. And like, to be able to just wipe that from my mind, like, okay, like I'm good. Like I'll take that. Yeah. Okay. That's fine to think that you can just wipe it from your mind, but you, you would be the first person in line. That's going to listen to Bill Gates, who is not a medical doctor, tell everybody to get vaccinated with this thing. And then all of a sudden, uh Oh, Tom has like an uncontrollable th- thing where he just starts barking and like sweating uncontrollably uh you're gonna be okay with that you're I mean, you know what i'm gonna say i'm just gonna go viral then and like that that can help in different ways also so <laughs> True, yeah. win, win. way to always look at it from uh from a tiktok standpoint a lot of content there but listen we're no by no means an anti-vax pod okay i don't even <laughs> really know what that means i don't want to get into it this isn't joe rogan if you want to listen to somebody with a phd go over there but i'm just saying i'm a little worried about possible side effects. You know what I mean? I, I want to like, I might grow like a boob or something. I just don't want to do it. I don't think I'm going to be the first in line. I'm going to let you do it. See if there's yeah. any abnormalities and then we'll be okay. I'm glad that there's people like you though, Tom. I'm glad. Spence, you're taking it with me, right? 100%. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Spence is worried about hair loss and he doesn't want that, uh, the luscious flow to go anywhere. So I don't, I don't think he's going to be, first I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to take it, but I'm not going to be like first in line. No, no thanks. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to wait it out. That's crazy. I somewhere. And this could definitely be wrong. So whatever. I think they make the military test it first. It's like, doesn't be like the best fact check that shit before we get canceled. I don't know it's if that's not the true. military. No, it's they have people like <laughs> the military might get the option to test it first, but like it's all like on by your own free will. This is America. Our soldiers are in war just barking at people. <laughs> hey, it's a scare tactic. Whatever works. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be taken back if somebody starts barking at me, like in a real dog voice too. Like it really like something they got messed up in the whatever they do. I don't know. Let's move away from science and shit we don't know anything about. Let's talk about, uh, you brought up something about uh, Pippin and, and Tristan Thompson. Are we going to get yeah. into that? What, what the heck's going on here, Spence? The first part on here is the thing you said we can't talk about. So I'm going to skip that part. But Larsa, um, Larsa Pippin, friend of the show. She follows overtime. So she's a friend of the show. Um <laughs> She's accidentally followed over time. We can just say whatever we want. Let's go. Come on. I mean, she has kids that we post. I think that's the only reason why, but, or maybe she's just a huge high school basketball fan and loves earwax content after midnight. But anyways, um, she, uh, she did an explosive interview the other day and I don't know if you know this, but she used to be besties with the Kardashian clan. And then like out of nowhere, they unfollowed her on the gram. She unfollowed them back. uh, And she basically said that Kanye has brainwashed the Kardashians in some fashion. Ooh, really? 
which like sick if he actually has that kind Hell of skill. Yeah. Yeah, um, dude, this is the first time somebody's actually got them. They've brainwashed yeah. every every professional athlete ever. And Kanye, I mean, if we needed to send anybody in to infiltrate the Kardashians, it better be Kanye because that man, I don't know. He's a little has, bit has off he, the rocker. Has he changed the family? Or do you even know? Are you in, are you locked in with the Kardashians? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I, I, I did watch his Joe Rogan episode and said, wow, I, I was baffled. Literally just speechless. After some of the things that he said, I, I, whatever, as long as he's doing, you know, us all a, a service by infiltrating the Kardashian clan and uh, maybe shutting that down. That'd be great. I think the world's better for it. Here's what I think it, needs to happen. I think, I think we need to, uh, we need to take the Kardashians, Kanye, um, Trump, if he wants to jump on, he can go to, we put him on a space. You know how there's these new space trips to Mars and it's like you give up your life, you get to go see the world. You get to be the first people on Mars to set your new life there. Like it's going to yeah. be an awesome experience. And they just go. They go on the spaceship. They don't get to come back. They get to, they get to do something <laughs> we don't get to do. But Could you imagine the personality and ego clashes that would happen inside of that rocket ship with Kim Kardashian and Donald Trump? Like, Oh my God, that would have to be a reality TV show. Not going to lie. If we could somehow get them to sign off on this, this would be huge. This would be huge for the podcast. Let's be the first ones to try to do it. Let's get all of them. (laughs) Kanye, Trump, the Kardashians. Who else are we going to put in there? There's got to be more people. Um, I think you got to put Chris Humphreys in there just for some drama. Like he dated Chris Humphreys. He dated uh, J.R. Smith. Chloe. Hold on. No, we're keeping JR. Don't we're send JR. JR. In there. <laughs> Jesus. No. Uh, who else? Let me think. Um, um, bad Barbie. Dude, that's who I was going to say. Oh my <laughs> God. Yes. And hold on. No, put whoa, Vicky in there. Put yes. whoa, Vicky. I almost have to block her on TikTok because she just keeps coming up. I don't follow her or anything, but she just, her nails that are this long, put whoa, Vicky in there. Dude, oh my god! I got, I got two more. Daddy Longneck. I, I don't know if you ever seen him. He's like, see ya. See he, ya. He my personal ones. Yo, I responded and he left me on scene. I have no idea what he wanted or why he DM'd me, but I'm super curious. It's been like a year long thing. And then the other person, and I, I look, I love him. Uh, well, I don't love him, but like he, he's really great. But I just think he'd be so good for the show, and he could he could be the host. Barstool Press. I mean, Dave Portnoy. Throw him in there. Let him host the whole show. And really mix it up. I mean, he's going to get every person just clashing. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, and uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, because I hate when they to announce it. Get the hell out of here. How many people can we put on this spaceship? Oh, it's going to be as many as we want. It's going to be any ex-girlfriends you want to throw on there? Anyone? I'll throw a few. What about what about Claire and Dale? Oh, get Claire and Dale on some other goddamn planet. I don't care if it's Pluto. Get them away. I don't want them on the planet. I don't want them with our other people. We like our other people too much. I've caught up on the Bachelorette a little bit. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, Jordan was a thousand percent right. Claire is the craziest, wackiest, most wild human being ever. And I literally think we need to start like a campaign to save Dale. Like I feel like he's the person who like writes on the on the mirror in the car in the window in the car when it fogs help up. Me. Like help, help me, help it's bad. me. Can you explain what happened to the Bachelorette this past week for everyone that doesn't understand? Okay. So 
Claire, uh, who is the bachelorette. And we talked about all of our, you know, different personalities with the different men on the show who are courting. Uh, that's a great medieval word right there. Uh, jot that one down, try to use it this week, folks. They're courting Claire and they want to be, uh, they want to be Claire's husband. You know, I don't know why people sign up for this, but they do. And only a certain kind of person signs up for it. Tom, I know he's in a happy relationship, might end up on there at some point and just be like, hey, sweetheart, look, I'm going to do this, but it's just to get, you know, a little bit more clout, whatever. Back to the show, Claire came on and she's been on three different seasons of The Bachelor or Bachelorette now, which I think you shouldn't even be allowed to do that because after two, two episodes or two seasons of that, you're certifiably insane and probably should be medicated. Anyways, she meets Dale night one, falls in love with this man. It's supposed to be like an eight week thing. It's supposed to be entertaining and a lot of different things happen along those weeks. But Claire says, no, I'm going to take two weeks, meet this guy and say, that's my husband after just saying hello. And if you believe in love at first sight, all the power to you. But Claire ruined the bachelorette. And now Dale's in trouble. Because he's like, oh shit, I was too good at my job, right? I came on here to win, but I win, I won way too quickly. I wanted to be like top three and like then go back into the world, have my million followers, you know, a brand deal with Manscaped and like a cocoa butter thing and, and then just be okay and not have a wife because who the hell wants to get married off a reality TV show? Well, now Dale has to do that after two weeks. Because two weeks in, Claire said, I want the show to be over. So they had to bring out another bachelorette. Claire and Dale just got married. They're engaged. They just expedited the whole process. And now two weeks ago, they met. And now they're engaged. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about it. But it's an absolute shit show in my mind. And I'm glad that Claire is gone. And we can just get back to the regular order drama that we asked for from the bachelorette do you not understand the concept of the bachelorette like you're supposed to talk to all the guys one by one get them off and like she just ruined the whole show like she should get she gets sued or something i feel like but you know we're better off without her she's got a phd in the bachelor and bachelorette she's been on three different seasons it's never been done before that's you look red flag big time if if you're you you matched with somebody on tinder and in their bio, they say bachelorette season or bachelor season, whatever, run. And Claire's showing you why you run. My gosh. <laughs> if, if I threw you on the bachelorette next season, you think you go top five? You think I may, do I make it to top five? Yeah. No, so no not. He, does, he does not have a college education yet. Like these Ooh. are like doctors and lawyers. No, okay, go five no, years from now. No, Jordan's no. like uh, the majority, dude. There's a boy band director. That's his name. That is his his like title, boy band director. And if I've ever seen somebody that looks like a boy band director, it's him or manager, whatever the hell it is. Like I'm pretty sure he started with Big Time Rush, and now he's here. You know what I mean? That's just how it happens. So I will you'd not, say I'd have a chance. Yeah, you'd have a chance, Tom. No, yeah, you come. You don't leave your phone. You you have to like put your phone. No, no. Up. You do have I'm to engage. I lock in. My only goal in life is winning this. I think I I don't think I would win, but I think I have a chance to like go like top ten. 
dude, it's one of those things where it's like, do you really win? You have to get nah. married. You have to get married. And I'm not saying anything against marriage. I'm all for it. But you want to win a reality TV show and tell your kids we met each other on The Bachelor? I don't know. I don't know. There's a I'm girl not- I know who's about to be on The Bachelor as one of the contestants. And I think she might win, honestly, just knowing her background. Not going to lie. If I was on The Bachelorette, 100% would start a fight week one. Have to. Assert yeah. dominance. It's like prison. You find the biggest, you know, most testosterone juice guy you can possibly find, and you just drop kick him. On camera, though, it's got to be kind of like in the background. You just full send, drop kick, two feet. Right. Hey, we talked about confidence earlier. It's all about confidence. And you fight and someone, fight. you got it. And fight. Uh, confidence wait, stick- and fighting. Sticking in the dating world, uh, are you done with the bachelorette? Are you good? I'm good. I'm I'm vented. I'm ready. This is like a rebirth, new season. Um, what's her name? Tasia. Tasia. Well, we yeah, yeah, we got the title to the podcast. The Bachelorette is like prison. <laughs> it is. You take out you take out your your top enemy first. You go right to his cell. You beat him up. I love it. But yeah, I'm okay. done. It's coming on. Spencer actually brought up a, a really good segue because he's talked about the title of the pod. And the person who comes up with the titles of these pods, when it's not me and it's not Spencer, there's someone else. We're not going to name him, but just say that he works at overtime, right? And he. And his name, Ryan. He's one of our really cam. Yeah. <laughs> and he is one of our best friends. We love him. I can honestly say. I like don't know what my life was like before he came into about three years ago. He is really that great of a guy. He's about six eight. He's goofy. He's nerdy. He's the best. And uh, he recently went on a date with a with a very with an amazing girl who used to date a professional athlete, a superstar athlete. Like I'm talking about one of the best few in their sport. And he went on a date with her. It went really well, apparently. We think there's going to be date number two. Did they kiss? Maybe. Um, did it last four hours? Maybe. Not the kiss, the date. Um, and we're really excited for him. But, like, in the back of my head, I'm a little nervous for him. Do you have any advice for our guy? And then I got a question for you also. Um, oh, that's a toughie, you know? You're just – you're dating somebody who you think you got a lot of, you know, you got big shoes to fill. Um, oh my God. I don't know. I'm, I'm glad. And she already knows that he's got the utmost confidence because she didn't stay in the industry that she was dating before. And uh, she moved on to bigger and better things in our boy. So I'm glad he's got the confidence to do it, but yeah, tough territory. Not going to lie. And this is not the first time for him. Shout out to Sam. He's, he's done some, whatever. Um, could you date someone who had previously been in a very real relationship with someone who's super famous or bigger than you or smarter than you or more popular than you? Like, Or do you have to go into it being like, I'm the best person this girl's ever dated? Yeah, I mean, you can't go into a relationship or any kind of meeting with uh you know a girl and not think that you're the you know top dog we talk about confidence this whole pot you know what i mean if you're going in and you're shaking all right and you're stuttering over everything because you're nervous and scared i mean people are people 
some of them just happen to play professional sports and have it's a flex ultimately you know what i mean that just sometimes that just happens and it's not for all of us but sometimes you know girls you know would rather have like a soft stomach dad bod with like you know some money but we're gonna probably eat off the dollar menu most times you know what did future say and he's got a million dollars billions of dollars millions not billions he said uh we say chicken chicken strips and french fries we don't go on dates take his advice lord future you know what i mean it's okay girls don't need all the glitz and the glam it's funny you say that because our guy i don't know how much he spent on this date with this female but he went on a previous date a couple years ago with someone who was also in the same category and he spent so much money and like he i mean it was a tough situation for him but he, he can do it but still um i don't know i i go back and forth with this like obviously there's a part of me that wants to be like super confident and be like yeah i don't care like go ahead and date lebron and then come date i mean lebron's married obviously but, like go date Giannis and then come date me like i don't care but like there is a small part of me that would take some time to get over it. And you know, what's even worse than that though. It's the flip side. It's when she, when you guys break up and she goes and dates someone like that. So for, this happened to me. I don't know it. I, I've never been able to confirm it cause I never asked, but I was going through a stage. I was in college. I was dating a girl. We broke up. And then I saw, you know, I was being a stalker boyfriend, kind of ex-boyfriend kind of. And I saw that, Ron Baker of the New York Knicks started following her. She followed him back. And then I saw them liking each other's pictures and stuff. And I never got to confirm or deny it. But there was a part of me, insecure Tom in college, not knowing what I was going to do with the rest of my life, super upset that I broke, was no longer dating someone. And this feels great to get off my chest. And I was like, wow, she literally leveled up to an NBA player. Like, what am I going to do now? Welcome, welcome to therapy sessions once again on Subject to Change. Here, so, here's so my. Let me jump Go in. Ahead. First of all, no offense, Tom, but Ron Baker and LeBron, these are different categories. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> a little um, bit. Here's the one thing I want to bring up as it refers, as it involves our friend, is like, what's the first thing you do when you go on a date with a girl you just like, you meet on an app? I mean, me, I'm single, I know more than you guys, but like Jordan knows, like, you look them up. You look them up. You look them up on Facebook or on Instagram. You find their social. You Facebook? know, you you, you know, seventy-five-year-olds. Whatever, dude. You know everything about them. Um, right. so you know everything about them going into the date. Now, I'm not saying it needs to get brought up on date one that like this is a part of their history, or even date two. But at what point, like, say this goes to date three, date four, date five. At what point is it like, do you bring it up? Do you wait wait for them to mention, oh yeah, my ex-boyfriend is, you know, or how does, like, what's, where's the line? Yeah, like, like me and Justin Bieber had like a fling back in like, oh wait. And you're and like, then are oh, you just like, are you like, oh, I had no idea. Like, <laughs> hey, listen here. Okay. That's, that's a good point. I don't know how to handle that, but here's my ultimate question when it comes to, significant others um, or ex-significant others dating megastars is let's say it's a rapper or no, 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 let's go, let's go singer. Let's go Justin Bieber. And, and you're driving alone by yourself after you find this out and Holy, the song Holy comes on the radio. 
Is it toxic masculinity <laughs> to turn off the radio, change the station, or do whatever like that? Is that bad? Because I I'm am literally getting PTSD right now. I mean, I can't even listen to songs that me and my ex-girlfriend used to listen to together. <laughs> I will I will beat the shit out of the screen in my car if it Wait. starts playing that as if it's a real person. I would I'm not even just gonna turn it off. I'm gonna do physical damage to my own property just to not hear that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm mentally unstable or everybody out there does that, but I gotta know. Wait, two things. One, I do think that Sam should just flip on a game one day and be like, oh, look at this guy. And be like, and like put her on the spot and be like, oh, I dated him. Do you does Sam start a burner account for every time that this guy has a bad game and just trash him just go crazy just somehow find his way onto this guy's like feed all the just shit he talks to him about him when he has a bad game i'm realizing now i had the worst i have the worst ex stories ever i dated a girl and when we broke up she started dating charlie puth's little brother and now i can't listen to charlie puth like see you again one call away he's on tiktok anytime That's that mother anytime he comes on there i am I, it's not he she didn't date him she dated his brother it just ruined it for me so yeah yeah you can never ever watch or listen to that sport again god i i love that we're all on the same page with that okay that's good i hope everybody else <laughs> of course does. he's gonna do great he's like the one person that like would not care at all i love this spence this one that that's definitely got to get posted i need to hear i need to hear the people's opinion do we listen to and or watch ever again that the guys that end up dating our exes ever you know what i mean can you do it i can promise you we want to be posting like this this star like say sam starts dating this girl and like they get serious he will never be posted on overtime ever again ever. Like, he would be yeah yeah you're damn right we're petty you're damn yeah. right we're petty if you don't like it we, we we did a social story on him once you remember that it never i do well, he's bending me it. now, and I'm delete a fan it. of his team. Delete it. Screw the Yankees. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, look, we're not even going to get into this. All right, this is a great episode of Subject to Change. Another <laughs> episode still of Subject listening. to Change. Hey, listen, no, that is a great wrap-up. Folks, I hope you enjoyed it today. We had a great time. Hey, stay tuned. We're going to try to get a couple great guests here in the next few weeks. We got Mac McGlung relined up. He's been on the show before. We got Denny Avija, Avida, whatever. I love Denny. DraftDenny.com is going to be on here possibly. And our boy Nico Mannion, right, the Red Mamba. If you don't know who these people are, make sure you go do your homework before watching the show. And extremely important, if you've made it this far, you're an OG listener and a great supporter, and we love you. But make sure to follow Subject to Change Pod on Instagram and me and tom on all the socials interact with us we don't got shit else to do just kidding we're fairly busy but we want to talk to you and uh you know continue to grow we love you have a great week watch out for each other peace and love baby